Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Yo. Oh. Yo. Oh. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone. We about to party. We about to party. Unrestricted. Just got the house now. We gonna turn it up. Welcome everyone to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. We've got Aubrey Edwards, we've got Tony Schiavone here with you in another week, coming to your ear holes or your eye holes if you're watching on YouTube. How you doing, Tony? How many monsters have you had today? Two. I was thinking about having a third one, but... Of course, because they're basically like water for you. They're basically like water. By the way, I do want to let you know that the bug is not here right now. Which means he'll come staggering up the steps in a few moments and stare at me until I put him on his throne. So the last one we recorded, he was he was taking up all your time, yep. being an asshole, and now he like left. He's gonna be an asshole in the middle of this. Where does he get all this from? Well, that's the way Chihuahuas are. Okay, they run the house. Cool. So anyway, oh, I just have cats and they don't give a fuck about me. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Anyway person who I give a fuck about. Wow. <laughs> that, that was a horrible segue. But very, very happy to have Madison Rain on today. Madison is one of our recent hires, one of our new coaches backstage. She's also just one of the most smiley and bubbly per- people I've ever met. And I love, love, love having her energy backstage and her willingness to do pretty much anything. She is a self-described dog mom, a gymnastics mom, a boy band fanatic, and a dessert connoisseur. Mm. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Madison. Hey, thanks for that intro. That that pretty much sums it up. Like, there's not a whole lot more to me. Coach, mom, uh, creme brulee connoisseur. That's it. Oh, creme brulee. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. It's uh, some people believe that creme brulee is like how you define how good a dessert is at a restaurant. So that's a that's a high bar. Apparently, I didn't get out much before I met my husband. <laughs> he introduced me to like. Like he told me one time we were in the national airport, we were flying somewhere and um, like I usually just stroll through the airport and grab like a bag of peanuts or whatever, but national airport, this real nice, like sushi, like stand. So I don't know how fresh the sushi was, but it was sushi nonetheless. Right. So it was like 8am and we were walking through the airport. I'm like, let's go get sushi and mimosas. And he's like, "Mm -hmm." pretty sure when I met you, you were drinking beer out of a can and here we are, you're making me drink or drink mimosas at 8am and eat sashimi. So like he's introduced me to the finer things in life, creme brulee being one of them. Wow. Hey, hey, there's nothing wrong with beer out of a can. I'm just saying. Right? You can have both. <laughs> it's all a fun time, right? Yeah, it, it, it sounds to me like this is kind of the opposite of me and Lois. She, she introduced <laughs> me to the finest things in life and so that's that's weird. I feel like that's usually how it is. Yeah. Like we're the exception to the rule. Josh is like 
he loves to clean and loves to cook. And I'm like, wow. good job. You're doing a great job. <laughs> You've hit the lottery, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really did. I really did. <laughs> All right. So uh, you were Impact Knockout Champion five times, World Tag Team Champions Impact Knockout Champion three times, Shimmer Tag Team Champs, OCW Women's Championship twice, and TNA Queen of the Knockouts in 2014. That's only a partial list of what you have done in wrestling. So uh, bringing you in as one of the coaches uh, brings in a person, lady, who knows what she's doing and, and has the background. And I wanted to first talk about uh, bringing you in to AEW. How did that all start out? It was literally like such a whirlwind. Like I'm not sure what the traditional process is, but I feel like mine was anything but. I mean, it's it's wrestling, so nothing's traditional. Nothing's traditional, and and you should expect complete chaos in all things. So, um, 100%. <laughs> I saw that AEW was coming to Columbus, which is my hometown. I haven't wrestled here in, when I say years, like many, many years. At least not to a capacity where like my friends were there, my family was there. Um, I've talked a little bit about my dad is very, very ill right now, stage four cancer. So like mm. when I saw that advertised, my only thought was wrestling's this weird but awesome world now. And even though I had been working for one company, like I, I kind of want to do this. And I'm within the parameters of being allowed to do this. And for all of those reasons, right? Like I, I've had a lot of career moments, but I felt like that was one that I needed. So I reached out to a couple of people and the response seemed positive, but probably with everything, but definitely in wrestling, it's like a hurry up and wait type situation, right? Yeah. Every day. It, but then once the hurry up and wait is over, then it's like, hurry up and get this done and it's time to do it right now. <laughs> so it was, it was literally just like perfect timing. And I had spoken with some people and before I knew it, like I was talking to mega and she was kind of outlining the opportunity for me and i was just like i've read plenty of wrestling contracts in my life just send it to me i know where to sign like let's get this done <laughs> <laughs> and it literally kind of just happened that quickly and easily so for my first week at aew i was like okay when does everything fall apart here like when does some when does Ashton come in and say, nope, sorry, you're being punked. This isn't really happening because it was just so seamless and easy. And my first day I walked into like the most overwhelming, like positive response. And everyone was so nice and welcoming. And it had been so long since I was like a new kid on a playground. So I was feeling all the new kid on the playground feelings of like, not sure what to do with my hands, but everybody was so accommodating and so nice. And it's been the best month of my career, honestly. That's tremendous. <laughs> because as you know, it can get crazy backstage. Yeah. And, uh, yep. Yep. And I got I got news for you. I'm gonna get crazier. <laughs> but you know what that's that, that's the wrestling business, Madison, right? Yeah. I mean it's just crazy. It is. And I think like if you anticipate that and you know that, then even the unexpected is like somewhat expected. Right. And so therefore like when I'm home, I try to be zero stress even though there's a nine-year-old three dogs and a newly added chinchilla in my house like somehow that's my controlled chaos and i just like survive in that calm and then go to work and expect whatever crazy is headed my way oh yeah 
it's definitely one of those come into work. It's like, what are you doing today? Not sure. We'll figure I'll find it out. out eventually. It'll be great. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and then when you find out, they're like, why don't you have this done yet? Uh-huh. Because I just found out. Uh-huh. Give me five minutes. Yeah. We're going to do this. It's going to be great. And it's going to be great. Have time to overthink it. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember reading the email. I think it was uh, the morning in Columbus, basically outlining all of the new promotions from people. And then it's just like, oh, and we've also hired Madison Rain as a coach for the women's division. I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is awesome. And I think I was in a car headed to the venue with like Vicky and sunny and we're just immediately like yes this is great this is wonderful this is the person we needed this is Aww. awesome so the kindness and the the happiness that you felt on day 1 was definitely genuine uh we all felt that before we got to the venue don't think that we're just like doing that just to make you feel good it's like no i'm right <laughs> very very happy you're here Aww. and uh well that makes me happy thank you it's already great to see sort of the the impact that you're making and I've definitely been spying, like watching over your shoulder when you're coaching stuff. I was like, oh yeah, no, she's, she's good. This is, this is what she needs. Anyway, let me stop putting you over and talk, ask more questions. <laughs> well, I start burying you now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, here, let me just talk about how great you are for 45 minutes. That's fine. So you come in as a coach, you know, you're going to be a coach. And then suddenly you find out, oh, hey, you're going to wrestle Jade Cargill for the TBS championship. How did that whole happen? And how did that feel? Again, like you walk in and every day and you don't really know what's going to happen. When I had my initial conversations about coming to the company, it was primarily as a coach. And then obviously there were those like, and then, you know, like, we know you can wrestle, you wrestled for way too long. So there may be times where we have you as an in-ring competitor. I'm like, great. Like, the wrestler in me who still has like a teeny tiny shred of, of ego that needs to be filled a little bit, like walking out into an arena that's that full with the reaction of the AEW fans is truly like, and I'm not just saying that because I'm new and happy and butterflies, but it's truly unlike anything that, that I've ever felt. So getting to kind of scratch that itch a little bit was perfect, but I do think Going forward, it will be like my duty will primarily be as coach. And I think that's great, too, because I came in, I did a couple matches for for anybody, AEW fans or anybody who wasn't super familiar with who Madison Rain was. Now I've gotten in the ring. I've shown you that I kind of know how to do this thing. Um, So hopefully I will have earned the trust of the people who maybe didn't know me before I came in. So I'm glad that I got to do that. Always um, happy to accept a challenge and will continue to accept them if they're ever like put in front of me. But I, I think for now, as far as I know today, as we sit here, coaching is going to be kind of my primary role. We're talking with Madison Rain. You're listening to AEW Unrestricted. And Madison, you had two older brothers that got you interested in wrestling. We understand you actually wrestled uh, your brothers as a kid, right? I mean, I tried. My brothers are 11 and seven years older than me. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah. And so they always watched wrestling with my dad right. when I was young. And so like being the annoying little sister, only girl in the family, the baby, I had to weasel my way into situations where I could hang out and bond with them. It was wrestling and it was baseball. So I would go play catch with my brothers in the backyard. And then Saturday mornings were usually the days that I would wake up to them, like chasing each other all over the house and like beating on each other because that's what they saw throughout the week on wrestling. So then I would usually pick a team and pick a brother and jump in on the fun. And they knew they couldn't actually hurt me because I'd go and tell mom. So 
Cool. It benefited me in a lot of ways. It started my wrestling career before I knew it. And then I was also babied and could could get out whenever I wanted. <laughs> a true heel. Mm, I like yeah. Can't beat me up. I'll go tell mom. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the best built-in manager ever. <laughs> All right. That's always fun and interesting hearing like people having their, uh, how they get into wrestling. So you were a straight A student and then you dropped out of college to become a wrestler. Yeah. So why, how, <laughs> why? Yeah, I don't, I mean, you know, why, why do we all do the things we do? Um, I was not a straight A student in high school. I was a, um, low B, like if I got a C, I was still like, Hey, that's passing student. But I ran track. I was a cheerleader. I played softball my senior year. I needed an art class. So I was in drama club and that was kind of when I realized Oh, I really like the spotlight. This works for me. I had also dabbled in pageants as a kid. So like, again, I feel like all of the stars were just aligning throughout my life. And I didn't realize it at the time. But when I graduated high school, I just went to a community college. I wanted to be a nurse. My mom's been a nurse like my entire life. But there was not much of an athletic program at the community college. So I started training to do a fitness competition. And walked into the gym in my small farm town in Ohio that I grew up in. And I saw a flyer for a local independent wrestling show. And I was like, uh, this is something that I need to do. And I showed up to the guy's wrestling school and I walked in and I was just like, hey, I want to try. Like, how do I do this? And they all looked at me like I had 10 heads because no female had gone through the school at that point. So thankfully, they took me in and, and it worked. And um, I told my parents, I don't have time right now to finish my degree mm-hmm. that I currently have a 4.0 going for me in, but I'll come back to it. I got to go be a wrestler first. <laughs> and I think I misspoke earlier. I said it was uh, Ohio Valley, but it was Ohio Championship Wrestling, right? That yeah. you started in? Yeah, that was, yep. Yeah, where, that's where I trained. That was like my home promotion. Right. Two-time women's champion there. Right. So. Very cool. All right. We're talking with Madison Ring, and we'll be talking more with her about her her early parts of her career when we continue on Unrestricted. This is AEW Unrestricted. Tony and Aubrey talking to the wonderful amazing Madison Rain, recent hire, coach, longtime wrestler, legendary in this business. And I feel like you're only just now getting started, even with all the other stuff you've done. So we touched a little bit before about Ohio Championship Wrestling, how you got your start, random indie flyer to gym popping in. Uh, so you had your first ever wrestling match at your former high school in Ohio. You were actually refed by uh, WWE Diva Ivory? Yes. And that didn't all come together until literally like two days before the show. So I'm like... So like wrestling. As I'm repeating all of these stories, I was like, oh, that totally makes sense now. 24 hours before is when I like found out for sure, for sure that she was coming. And I'm like, terrified, right? I'm 19 years old. My entire, like all of the teachers that taught me in high school were there. All of my friends and family were there. And my opponent was also having her first match. Oh no. So this thing had the potential to go off the rails, like from jump street. And then God bless her. Ivory came in after we had spent weeks preparing for this match. And she was like listening to it. And she's like, can I make a few small changes? And I was like, I don't know how to make small changes, but sure, (laughs) please. And she was a 
lifesaver. She spoke to both of us throughout the entire thing. Like she was amazing. And literally she was the beginning of my understanding of like how vital a referee is to our job. Yeah. It's the truest thing. And in any seminar or anything I've ever done, I've said that because there, sorry. That's all right. Whatever. (laughs) We love dogs. She guided us through that match and made us look like it wasn't our first day on the job. And it was like the most amazing first match that I could have ever asked for. I want to talk about uh, the origins of the being called Madison Rain. You you were Ashley Lane, Lexi Lane. How did Madison Rain come about and all that? I showed up for my first day at TNA and they said, this is what you're going to be called. Oh. <laughs> um, but honestly, like it, it worked out too. I sound like such a broken record because at the time there was a little girl that lived next door to me and I used to babysit her when I was a kid and like she was my little buddy, like my little sister. And her name is Madison. Oh. And my niece, it, her middle name is Rain. And so it was just like total happenstance that it all like came together. Yeah. And her name is even spelled R-A-Y-N-E. So, whoa, yeah. So I just told them that it was like a hybrid of their names and that's where it came from. Oh my God. I love it. It's like, oh yeah, no, I did this for you. Even though it's like randomly given to you right? <laughs> by, by a creative team. Oh my God. That's incredible. All right. 2007 joined Shimmer, become the first ever Shimmer tag team champion. What was that like? Because for me, like Shimmer is sort of has this history of like, if you wanted to be a name in women's wrestling, like you had to go through Shimmer. Totally. So that's a pretty big accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And um, Dave Prezak brought me into Shimmer. Great guy. He, wonderful human being. Brought me in way before I had any business being there. Like I was still new and you know, I'd wrestled for two years, but that doesn't equate to many, many matches. Like in Ohio, it's not like we're working every weekend and I was getting a lot of experience. Usually I was wrestling for my home promotion with people that I knew, like I hadn't ventured out much. So this was a whole brand new world for me. And so every time I went to Shimmer, I had those like big match feelings because I had no idea what I was stepping into. And, um, then I started tagging with one of my closest friends at the time, um, Nevea. We are such good friends outside of the ring. And it really just kind of transcended to being a great tag team inside the ring. And I think it works so well for us because she is like, she is such a solid wrestler, like could out wrestle me any day of the week, still probably true to this day. But I had the, I was in drama club. I was a cheerleader, like, personality and give me a microphone and I'll go for however long you need me to. So like our dynamics together just came into this like perfect package. And we didn't know, like nobody had told us beforehand that we were going to win the titles. We just knew that we were part of the tournament with all of these fantastic tag teams who had been established at Shimmer for years. And then when we found out, we were like, is anybody mad at us? Do we need to go say sorry? How do we handle this? I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> but it was such a fantastic learning experience because it was literally just like they threw us into the deep end and we had three matches to plan over the course of one day. And my two years in brain was just exploding, but it was so much fun. Like then that was the first time that I actually was able to chill out and just listen because I didn't know what was happening. So listening was my only option. (laughs) 
and it resulted in like these amazing matches that were all different and unique and fun. And, you know, Dave was always good at choosing champions and having a reason for it. Right. And in that moment, at that time, the, the shimmer tag team titles were brand new. So were we, so like we were growing with these titles and it was, it was a cool time for us for sure. And it was when shimmer was kind of like at the, at its height too. So it was definitely like great timing. You go to TNA in 2009, become a part of the beautiful people with Angelina Love and Velvet Sky. Talk about uh, being uh, together, uh, the three of you. I had met Angelina one time prior to that at an independent show that we were on together. Had never met Velvet. And they were this already established team, like wildly successful team. And they had cute Kip with them at the time. and. When I came to TNA, I had one never ever wrestled or had any kind of uh, like heelish personality because I was 22 and and blonde and tiny and like stereotypical baby face at the time. And not only am I thrown into this wildly successful, already established faction, now I'm also learning how to be a heel on TV but it was the most amazing experience like Kip and the girls and, and everybody that worked there just kind of embraced it with me and um, really helped me grow into that character. And then from there, once I kind of got comfortable and realized that being mean is fun when it's your job, it all kind of took off from there. It's kind of great because I, I find more often than not the best heels in wrestling are always actually the nicest people behind the scenes. Yes. Didn't we just talk about this in the locker room? Like I had heard for years that the best characters are just your personality and your person elevated and multiplied by a hundred. But I kind of think the opposite. Like I play devil's advocate on that. Like actually I try to at least believe most days I'm a decent human being. Most days. So then when I get, (laughs) when I get to go out and, and just be this arrogant, cocky, like, heal that people love to hate it's so much fun to be something completely opposite of what i am day to day yeah i i get i get that i I really do because to me throughout history and i'm going to go back a long time ago okay well because you're old (laughs) yes i am but back when i started in the in the 80s the heels were the nicest guys behind the scenes Mm -hmm. they were and They just love to go out, being good guys in real life, just love to go out and be something totally different than they really were. It's fun. Yeah, I get that. I think it's a nice way to just get out and blow off steam so that you can keep that nice, calm, bubbly personality. It's like, all right, here's where I can be an asshole, compartmentalize Mm -hmm. it, and then go back to being a good person. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When somebody cuts me off on the highway, I'm like... All right, I'm going to reserve my anger for mm. when I go to work. Right? <laughs> like, oh, I love it. Channel it all then. Only in wrestling can you say, I'm going to reserve all my anger for work. Right. What kind of world do we live in? <laughs> all right. Back to Impact. Uh, you had a 14-year combined run there, which is crazy. Uh, you're also only one of four women to hold the championship five times. So congratulations. Absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And then you left Impact in 2018. Talk about the decision to retire from Impact at that point. Jeez, how many times have I retired and come back? The internet is always That's the story of wrestling, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I actually, I left in, 
I first left in 2013 because I decided that I was going to be a mommy and I was going to explore that world. And at the time, said this many times, if I'm wrong about this, somebody on Twitter will let me know. But as mm. of now, has done it. I was the first female wrestler who had a lengthy, successful career on television, stepped away to have a baby, become a mom, and then came back and continue that path and that career. That's also one of the biggest things. One of my proudest moments was being able to like come back and do that and continue to build my legacy after going in a totally different direction. But then I left in 2018 because I've always been very cognizant of the fact that like, there is such a thing as overstaying your welcome. And at the time, for a few different reasons, I just felt like that's where I was with Impact. So I left Impact. And in doing that, leaving the thing that was kind of all I knew in terms of like career wrestling, I wondered and second guessed whether or not that meant like I was done wrestling altogether too. But then in 2018, all of these things just happened. All in happened. May Young Classic happened. I ended up signing a short-term contract with Ring of Honor. All of this stuff that I had never even thought about doing before because I stepped away and bet on myself for a little bit. And it totally worked out. Um, and I'm glad that I did it. So yeah, that was 2018. And then a couple years ago, I, I thought about retiring again because I had finally gotten my business degree and thought maybe I would try corporate America. But I, I quickly realized I'm not cut from the cloth of, of folks who were successful. Like, <laughs> no, that just wasn't for me. Right. Yeah. Just a tip from an old man. Uh, no one will tell you on Twitter what you don't want to hear if you don't read Twitter. There you go. Right. Okay. That's so true. Yeah. Just leave it alone, man. Leave it alone. <laughs> okay. I'll hire somebody to do mine. Anyway, <clears throat> in my family. Same. Uh, 2019, uh, you returned to do commentary for Impact with Josh Matthews, who is your husband. Uh, talk about that decision and what you think about doing commentary. So the decision kind of was forced upon us because of the pandemic. And we were just trying at the time, like everybody else, to figure out how to continue working, how to right. continue earning paychecks and putting food on our, on our tables. And it worked, obviously, because Josh was the play-by-play -play announcer for Impact. So he already had all of the tools and the setup here to do that. And there was a void that needed filled as far as the color commentary position. And Scott Demore called Josh and was like, do you think that she would be into this? Is it something that she's ever mentioned? And right before I had left Impact in 2017 or 2018, I had done some commentary specifically just for knockouts matches. So I had toyed with it a bit, but not to the degree that I was ready to do it every single week for hours each week. And had it not been for Josh and all of his years of experience and, you know, lobbing me softballs and, and guiding me through how to do that, especially at the beginning until I kind of got a little bit more comfortable and, and realized how long to talk and how to talk in sound bites and not tell these lengthy stories because obviously I can talk a lot. <laughs> but there was definitely a learning curve, but I, I 100%, like I couldn't have learned it and done it to the degree that I did without Josh guiding me. It's, uh, it's always great to have someone there helping you out, especially when you're falling into the deep end and trying out something new. You can go our separate ways. 
times though. Like, Oh, definitely. And we'd finish in the, in the sound studio and then be like, okay, I'll see you in an hour. <laughs> yeah. Like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye. I'm done with you. Sorry. No, I, I, I feel it. I feel it. Coming up on AEW Unrestricted, we've got fan questions from Madison Rain. You got AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling, Tony Schiavone, Aubrey Edwards, and our guest uh, this this week has been Madison Rain. Uh, before we get there, uh, you're a band boy fanatic? InSync, <laughs> Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, what, what do you got here? Yeah, all of them. All of the above. I would say I used to be. Um, but now if I'm driving in the car and especially the last month or so, because I've been, I've been pretty lucky and most of our, um, live TVs have been within driving distance for me. So during the day when I'm driving too, I listen to like my true crime podcast, but then at midnight when it's dark and I'm driving alone, I opt for something a little lighter hearted <laughs> and my boy band of choice is I'm going to lose so many friends and fans over this one, but my boy band of choice has always been Hanson. <laughs> mm, I support it. I support it. Little known fact, huge Hanson Mark as a kid. I was the kid who had posters all over the wall. And like, that was, that was me. Yeah. But, but I, I'll take any of them. When 98 degrees, mm-hmm. new kids on the block, backstreet boys. Like, I know I'm losing so many cool points right now, but Hey, <laughs> too, too much estrogen in this room for me, guys. Woo. You shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. <laughs> Fan questions. Let's do it. All right, go ahead. Question from Kevin Merrill. Who was the first woman you wanted to work with once becoming All Elite, either in the ring or backstage? Yeah, well, on day one, walking in, seeing so many familiar faces was so nice. Like from, from talent to office to crew even, like these are all faces and, and, and folks that I've crossed paths with previously so it was nice to see all of these people and you know some of the girls that i've worked with in the ring before were like hey maybe you know someday down the road we get to revisit that thing we did but i've never been in the ring with tony storm i've never been in the ring with nyla rose so it's it's literally like all of these dream scenarios in my head and like you know i would see like anna jay or or julia hart walking down the down the hallway I'm like i feel like me and Julia could really make magic together. And I think that just because I said their names, they are two younger talents that just in this last month, I have in my brain just thought so many times they are like brightest shining star. Like there's so much potential to some of these younger athletes. And I feel like at this point in my career, those are the matches that I want to have the matches with younger talent who hopefully I can, I can help elevate. So Julia and Anna are definitely at like very, very high on my list. Well, the next question was from Anthony Pearson and asking, who do you see as being the next breakout star on the AW women's roster? And I guess you already answered that. Anybody else you can add to that? Maybe there's just endless amounts of talent in, right. in the locker room, right? Like I feel like people haven't even started to see the depth of Penelope Ford. Oh yeah. Can't wait to see Bunny come back. And you know, she's another one who like once she really taps in and gets the minutes and, and the things that she can do with those match minutes are just insane. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I love about being part of this women's locker room is there like there's such a deep, deep pool of talent and so many endless opportunities for for what the women could do. 
Got a question from Mindrunner. How has the women's wrestling landscape changed from the past to today based on kind of your experience? And what moments do you feel have helped elevate women's wrestling the most? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, how much longer do we have? Okay, just lighthearted questions on AEW. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing hard hitting here. I feel like, again, like we talked about earlier, I have come into different pockets of different eras of women's wrestling at the most amazing times for growth, like be it Shimmer or when I first came into TNA as a knockout and I was, I came in in the second wave just after the knockouts division was created. So I was literally right in the middle of the inception of, of a division and to watch it grow to success that it, it skyrocketed to almost overnight. You know, I definitely think that was a pivotal moment in women's wrestling history. And, um, you know, throughout my career, the question has been posed to me, like, do you agree? Or do you think the knockouts are the reason that women's wrestling is as prevalent as it is today? Yes. I think it had a huge role in it, but you know, I, I also said that there wouldn't be a Mae Young classic without there having been Mae Young. And when I was a kid, the first female match that I remember seeing was Bull Nakano and Alundra Blaze just going at it on Monday Night Raw. So I think there were all these little tentpole moments, if you think back over history, that got us to where we are now. But I mean, I guess for me specifically, the the biggest moment for me was when I finally like was knockouts champion and I realized, whoa, this is a big deal. This is something that up to this point, ignorance was bliss and I didn't realize how important these moments are and that I get to be a part of it is just like now I'm it's finally all soaking in. Uh, to add to another very deep and thoughtful question, Marcy Darcy wants to know, it's Marcy Darcy 13. How do you feel about intergender matches? For me personally, it's never been something that I have wanted or needed as a bullet point on my resume. Now with that said, I'm not, saying that I don't like them. I'm not saying there's not a time and a place for them. I know that there is a a large audience that likes them. And, and look, it's wrestling, right? This is an art form. We're all we're all artists. We're all creative people. And if there's a creative way to make it make sense, I'm all for wrestling that caters to every fan base. Just for me personally, it's just not something I'm interested in, I'm, I'm very hyper aware of the things that I do, especially now as a mom. Like I just think about things from a, through a different perspective. And again, to each their own. I love wrestling. I love all forms of wrestling. That's just not something that I need on my resume. I loved that answer. I like the thinking about things from a mom's perspective because yeah, we have to kind of think of things from all the different vantage points of who's watching it and who's consuming the media. Right. 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 I like that. Goalie Girl 99 asks, what was it like working with and wrestling Gail Kim? I have loved Gail like from the moment that we met. Um, when I first came into TNA Impact, she had left for her second run at WWE. So um, I didn't meet her until a couple of years into my career. And then within a couple of years after that, especially like when I came back from having my daughter, I had my first match. So she her birthday was just this past weekend, my daughter's. I had my first match back in December of that year. So I don't know, six, eight weeks after I had her. Right. (laughs) Like, I still don't know how I I did it, but 
And my first feud was with Gail. And it was not just like a few wrestling matches. We were having weapons matches. And I think it all finally culminated at a, at a, in a cage match at a lockdown pay-per-view. So like we were really doing it. And I think we were able to do that because she's such a star and such a legend. And, you know, she took this, this brand new mom and recreated her into a wrestler, not just a wrestler, but like a better version of Madison rain than I was when I left. And she was, she was somebody that always pushed me and I think she did it with, with several of her opponents, pushed us out of our comfort zone to prove to us what we didn't know we could do. Uh, Derek Lockwood wants to know, if you weren't wrestling or coaching, what would, be, what would you be doing different as a dream? Probably convincing Josh that we need more land so that I can rescue animals. And like, yes. we've got three dogs, we've got a chinchilla, we've had a cat, like, Every time I see deer run through our backyard, I'm like, mm, is it legal for me to have them? Is that not a thing? Like, we have ducks. Like, how far can we go here with residential property? So probably that, you know, like I said, I got my business degree and I thought maybe corporate America, but yeah. that's not yeah. it. So if it wasn't this, it would be some sort of wild, crazy dream. That's good. Crazy idea. Yeah. Business degree, giant land with a bunch of animals, make a petting zoo. <gasps> right that's brilliant it's all you you can take it here okay <laughs> let, let me play devil with advocate on that okay sure if if i won the lottery i would have this gigantic rescue farm yes. not a rescue center a rescue farm if mm-hmm. you get a petting zoo then you got to bring in people and people are fucked oh, up yeah. and i want to keep them away from it <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. That's, that's, that's right. brilliant. That's right. brilliant. There's a um, there's a, a dog rescue out in California that I follow on Instagram, and like the work that they do, like it takes a special kind of person to run a rescue, yeah. because you see these animals and the things that have happened to them at the hands of human beings, and mm-hmm. it makes you have zero belief in humanity. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. But yeah. As far as my heart would let me take it, I, I would love to have some sort of a rescue or just a, like a shelter or something for, for critters. You got my heart on that one, girl. You really, <laughs> really do. I highly recommend checking out the Best Friends Animal Shelter. Uh, I think they're based in Utah, but they have just an, an enormous amount of land and they'll just take in animals from, from like other kill centers and facilities <laughs> and just raise them. The ones that can go up for adoption, they put them up there. You can go on and you can actually like sponsor specific animals rather than just giving to them as a charity like no i want to help fluffy the cat because fluffy has like these specific medical issues yeah they're they're a really cool group and i'm putting them out on the podcast because i think they deserve support so yeah yeah sure so i'm gonna spend the rest of my day doing now very great yeah no they're super dope (laughs) there goes all of my money (laughs) right it's like oh no i need to help this cat and this dog and this horse and all of these cool animals but yeah my work So, uh, Miss Miss Ohio, the Joe Tapes asks, are you an Ohio State fan, Cleveland Guardians, Brown, Cavaliers, Columbus Blue Jackets fan? None of that? None of that. <laughs> uh, so, I'm an Ohio State fan, as, as much as someone who's never been to an Ohio State game can be. Mm-hmm. My husband is a huge college football guy, so college football will be on my TV from now until January. You die? Yes. Yes. And and I always like celebrate myself at the end of football season. Like I survived another one, but no, as far as like teams and who I'm an actual loyal fan of, 
I mentioned baseball and my brothers and my oldest of my two older brothers uh, was a really, really good baseball player. And he was a big Ryan Sandberg and Chicago Cubs fan. Mm. And so from the time that I was young, I have watched the Cubs and been a diehard Cubs fan because of that. So not really a huge Ohio team fan, but like, I love to go to a, a Bengals game or, you know, I'll go to a blue jackets game, but I'm not like, we don't have flags and banners and all the things supporting those teams. Yeah. Do you ever go to a Clippers game? Loves Clippers games. I'll go to many Clippers games in the summer. Yeah. I was, I've been to Huntington park many, many, many times every summer. It's beautiful. The new stadium is just gorgeous. It's really nice. Well, it's interesting that you said you were Ohio State Buckeyes fan because I was wondering, being uh, an SEC guy, if if they still played football in the Big Ten. I wasn't ah! sure. <laughs> Zing! I, I love to get that in. No, that shame on you for that, Tony. <laughs> oh, Madison, uh, thank you very much for being with us. It was great talking to you. Absolutely, thank you, guys. I enjoy these podcast episodes. I listen to a lot of them, and I operate. We've talked about this, like to to help me get to know my new coworkers in a different way than you know just meeting in the hallway or chatting about wrestling. Um, so I think this is a fantastic thing that you guys do, and and it was one of the first things that I asked you, like, when can I be on the podcast? I love it, one hundred percent. I think it was the second thing you said, other than "Hi, it's so good to see you again." Hey, when am I going to be on the podcast? It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. She's forward. I like her. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you guys. And, and you know, we were supposed to do this before and flight delay and travel and all the things. So I appreciate yeah. it. It's life. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, listen, Madison Rain is at Madison Rain on Instagram and Twitter. And you can listen and follow this podcast, AEW Unrestricted, for free at Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. With the West, rest of the important information, here's my good friend, Aubrey Edwards. You can watch AEW Dynamite on TBS Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock, 7 central. You can watch AEW Rampage on TNT Friday nights at 10 p.m. And, of course, AEW Dark Tuesday nights, AEW Dark Elevation on Mondays, both of which are on YouTube. We're all over the place. You can watch all of our amazing work wherever you can, just like you can get this podcast wherever you can. Anyway, I'm Aubrey Edwards here with my best friend, Tony Schiavone, and my new best friend, Madison Rain. Thank you so much for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted, got the house now. We gon' turn it.